Here's the situation. How would you feel if every time you held a coin that had been wished upon, you heard the wish in the voice of the person who made it? Wow. Uh, I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a very real podcast about uh, hypothetical situations. And this week's theme is where there's a well, there's a way. But way is spelled W-E-I-G-H. Aren't we? Aren't we just the Dickens? Yeah, you know? oh, we're the we're the best. <laughs> uh, so uh, that one that you just did clearly relates to wells yes. in the form of wishing wells. Yes. But these can relate to either wells or weighing or weighing things, or they could be really tangentially uh, related. As uh, at least one <laughs> you're of about mine, to prove. At least one of mine will be. But I'll, let me start with one that's that's on topic. Okay, TJ. Great. Let me try to do my best. Uh, Okay, here's here's the situation. Yeah, uh, you're uh, you run into a very rich man who's willing to kind of toy with other people's lives to uh, for just, his own amusement. Are you just avoiding the? <laughs> he's an eccentric billionaire. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and uh, he says uh, he says this. He says uh, I'm going to give you a weight loss challenge. We should just name this guy, by the way, so we know. Like you can you can save so many words. Like hey, Rod comes into your life let me think about that i'm gonna think about for now he's the eccentric billionaire (laughs) okay i don't want to come up with a name right on the spot because it's it's gotta it's gotta really work for me i I have an image of this man in my mind but but he's gonna say hey uh, i want you to uh go into a weight loss challenge you have one week to lose as much weight as you can okay if you lose two pounds i'm gonna give you a dollar if you lose four pounds Mm -hmm. give you ten dollars six pounds a hundred dollars Eight pounds, a thousand dollars. For every two pounds, you're going to add a zero. So ten pounds, ten thousand dollars. Twelve pounds, a hundred thousand dollars. Fourteen pounds, a million. Sixteen pounds, ten million dollars. Here's the thing, though. You got to say the number, how far you're going to get. And if you don't get that far, you owe him huh. two less than what you would get up to. So if you take the one for 10000 yeah, and you don't get there, you don't owe 10000 nor do you owe 1000 but you owe 100 So yeah. you owe two less than that. So uh going to be tougher for you than me. You have less weight that you can lose than I do. But what would you be willing to do? How far would you be willing to go down that scale uh, for just one week? You're going to go as hard as you can. You know, I assume, like, biggest loser style thing. How much are you going to try to drop? Uh, two pounds. A buck. Oh, that's nice. You owe a penny <laughs> if you don't get those two pounds off. So you have no interest in, ah, in even playing for a little bit of cash there. Wait and me are a dicey are a dicey mix. You're and... like you're on like deal or no deal, and you just take you just take the deal right that's off it. the bat. First case, open it. Yeah, I pick. My I don't case, even want to see it. Open I, it. I'll take a dollar. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate my opportunity to be on your show. I, I don't know, man. This this would drive me insane you know trying to hit like if i said 10 pounds you got to do a like a pound three a day yeah uh a little bit more. yeah a little more. yeah that could lo- that, that'll, that'll lead me into some unhealthy some unhealthy behaviors right so in the 10 pounds uh just as a reminder so 10 pounds so that's five so it's a one with four zero so that's ten thousand dollars what's okay. yeah yeah so that's what you would get so 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 you're you're basically like look I don't even think I would ever want to do a 10 pound week. I I don't I mean for you losing 10 pounds would be hard just to start with. <laughs> but uh well, I'm not rail thin, but you're I'm pretty thin. I'm, I'm around 
I think I'm around where, you know, a six one cat should Yeah, should no, be you're at a healthy weight. You're at a healthy weight. So. But all I'm saying is, you know, you, you don't have you're not walking around with the uh, like in the biggest loser sometimes those guys can drop like twenty seven pounds oh, in, yeah. in the first weigh Just in water, man. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, just on fluctuation. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It, it's I spent a lot of my of of my adult life getting a little too obsessive about my weight, and I'm trying to move to where like I'm a little more carefree with like what I what I eat and stuff like that. And I think this would hit me in a zone where like I'd get all I'd get too obsessed about it and like not want to eat anything, and I'd be running, and I hate to run or sure. you know whatever on a days. treadmill in mean, seven days. I hear you. I hear you. What, so what, what are you if, going for? You going well, for? Well, hold on. Let, let me just get. I'll, I'll answer in a second. But what if it was instead of every two pounds you get to add the zero, you get to add a zero every one pound. Uh, so at at five pounds you would be at ten thousand dollars. Six pounds would be a hundred thousand. Seven is a million. Eight is ten million. Nine is a hundred million dollars. At 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 that point, would you say I mean, Let, let's buckle up and go for? I don't. I don't know. Like still to get. I mean, so, you're never going to take the hundred million dollar one because you, you're not going to pay somebody a million dollars because you came up short, right? Life. I mean, like to get to the point where it's life changing money, it's also going to get to the point where it's pretty unhealthy behavior for me. I think. I think losing uh, a ton of weight in a week is like. I mean, obviously it's unhealthy, but I think you. You know, you can bounce just, right out of that. I one. can just blow it right back on if I for want. sure. I mean, that's basically my life, DJ. Like, I think I've lost 40 pounds plus on probably six occasions. So so what do you go for? You going like 10 pounds in a week? No, I think I'm going to go higher than that. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, look, I can I can lose. I, I think I I think I could I would go. So 10 pounds is is $10,000. 12 pounds is 100,000, okay? So I would either go for 12 or 14. So if it's twelve, I get a hundred grand. If I lose, I owe a thousand dollars, which is you know that that that's like a that's a good range. And a hundred thousand dollars is awesome. I would I would take a week of hell for a hundred thousand dollars, no question. Um, but I kind of think I could do fourteen. No, now the problem kidding. is ten thousand. Ten thousand is br- yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that like if you do slim fast or whatever, even on that, they're just like we'll get five to seven pounds off in a week. So this is going to be instead of like a slim fast, this is going to be like just a fast. Yeah, fast. pretty much a fast. Well, I'd probably do like a slim fast. Like you got to have some sort of thing because you're going to exercise too. And then on the last day, I'm just, you know, I'm gonna. It's going to get a little dangerous. I'm going to get like sweats on and get on a uh, elliptical <laughs> machine and just jam until I uh, just wrap until yourself I hit. in like saran I mean, wrap, like like, uh, like wrestlers do or I mean, whatever. Think about it, like. In shape boxers, okay. So this is going to cut against your theory that it's like it's it's life changingly diff- uh, dangerous, right? In shape boxers routinely drop fifteen to twenty pounds over the course of a week mm-hmm. in order to get down for a weigh in, or wrestlers or whatever else. Like like wrestlers in high school would like laugh at this one. They'd be like, "I'll do eighteen pounds and take the hundred million. I was saying it was dangerous for a guy with my brain. Okay, not I. I think my body might be able to handle it. I think my brain is 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 not. You just got to get punched in the head a few more times, <laughs> then you then you have, you don't have the problem because you got the boxer brain I comes in and says go for it. So I think my answer would be, I think I would go for the, I think I go for the gusto and I go for fourteen pounds mm. for the million bucks. I put ten grand on the line and I say, boy, 
I damn well better get to 14. I think I got to get to about, I got to lose about nine pounds in those first six days. Cause it's also like the way I'm thinking of is you got to weigh in, you know, you weigh it like midnight Oh one on Monday morning. And then it's, midnight 01 the next monday it's not like what's the lowest you got at any one point okay during the week it's yep. like you got to hit it exactly one week yep. later so i think i would want to taper it down get to that big push for the final day so when we brought up the like weightlifting one the you know lifting ten thousand pounds yeah. and when we brought up the uh the throwing the balls the certain right. distance your trainer each time has said like let's do this yeah What's he going to do as soon as he hears you say like, oh, I could do 14 pounds he's, in a I week? I tell you what no he's not going to do. He's not going to put up a million dollars. If he puts up a million, I'm in. Anybody, if you want to get a Kickstarter to have me lose 14 pounds in a week and I'll put up the 10 grand, I think I would do it. All right. I think I would do it. I'd have to pick a week that, you know, I, I don't have. You got nothing I else need, going I basically on. need to va- take it a vacation probably oh, for yeah. that week. Yeah, That's, and you're going to want to eat on a vacation. You're going to want to go to a nice place vacation. and have a couple of couple of nice meals. Where and... I go earn a million dollars. I'm going to take a lot of like walks. I don't know. I, I you know I, I don't even know what you I would lose just on a expect expectation on like one of those um uh what, what cleanses. Yeah, you know I might lose close to this anyway. If you're not I, eating, I did a little bit of research and it was basically like how much weight can you lose in a week? And places were like, well, you know maybe ten pounds. Now you shouldn't lose that much, mm-hmm. right? But again, it's for a million dollars and it's one week and I'll get right back to the, you know, I'll put it back. Just on. go out and you said it was so easy to get like 300 plus patents. Just do that and you'll have a million dollars easy no, if that's what you want. I'll lose millions. <laughs> I'll lose, I'll, I'll spend all this time like making uh, inventions no one wants. No. All right, Rush. Here's one on way. Okay. Here's the situation, Rush. You have been named Director of New Weights and Measures. Yes. Okay. Good. The names have been approved, but they have not assigned how much they refer to or what they measure, whether it's weight, distance, speed, or something else. Great. Cool. So I'm going to give you the name of a, a few new units, and I'd like you to tell me what it measures and how much of that it is. I'll tell you right now, I wish I had this job. This, this would be, be an all right job, be a great right? job. I hired you for the job I wanted, you know? Like, right, right. Um, I'm the head of all... Okay, I love it. <laughs> so, for example, like the British Stone, yeah. I think is 14 pounds. Which, by the way, and it is a great term. Weight. I really good, like it. Right. That guy, he weighs about nine stone. Yeah, or yeah very cool. It. All right, so uh, I have a couple for you, Rush. The first is the biscuit. Ooh, the biscuit. Mm -hmm. What does it measure, and how much of that is it? All right, the biscuit is going to be a uh, level of calories. It's a number of calories. Okay. And it's uh, the number of calories uh, that one... that w- <laughs> one should eat on a cheat meal. Okay. <laughs> so you figure out exactly how many calories are in like a perfect uh, cheat meal. So it's I'm going to say it's 1,800 calories okay. is called a biscuit. <laughs> so if you go and you get like a double bit, you do like a biscuit and a half. It's like that was too much, my friend. That's 2,700 calories. That's a that's a that's going over it for a day. I'm going to take it down. Yeah, no, 1,800 calories. That's okay. a biscuit. I didn't think this until you were answering it, but you know how like. You know, you uh, you try and make a putt, or you know, like you were you're trying to run a distance and you don't make it, and then and then someone says like, oh, I should have one more biscuit for breakfast. <laughs> that it's like the calorie equivalent of what you failed by. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> all right, the next one, Rush. Ready? Uh, yeah, I know. I love biscuit. First of all, I wish that was a <laughs> uh, a measure. You could do better than my my thing, but I, that's a great term. How about bone? A bone. Yep. Bone. A bone or bone. Bone. You know, okay. 
I'm going to say that a bone is, hmm. I, I, I'm drawn to saying it's something on weight, but I kind of, I think that's maybe because of the, our theme for the week. So I'm oh, just okay. thinking sure. of weight, but, um, and, and I was thinking it was, it was like the categories are what, like weight, mass, area, um, yeah. you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go with something slightly different. I don't know why, but great. I'm going to say it's, uh, it's, it's 100, $100 bills wrapped okay. up. That's a bone. <laughs> okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. So it's like, well, how many bones? want to hear like, Hey, Mikey, hand me a bone. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's $10,000, <laughs> but it's only specifically hundred, hundred dollar bills gotcha. wrapped together. This one's a, uh, a, a Cause human... you know, they're always like, I always want a measurement. The only reason I have that stupid one is because whenever they have like the bags of money, which we've talked about a few uh-huh. times, like in movies and <laughs> yeah. stuff, it's always bones, right? Yeah. It's always a hundred, a hundred together. And I never know what that's called. And so I say it's a hundred, hundreds wrapped together. So now I can just say it's a bone. Yeah. It's so uh, it's, it's, so is it also equivalent to 10,000 or is it the length? Did you say it was the length of a hundred hundreds wrapped or is it a hundred hundred? It is 100, $100 bills. Okay. But they have to be wrapped. That's a bone. So it's the same as $10,000, okay. but it's a specific type of $10,000, which is the one that's gotcha. used. Because you see, isn't yep. that like the denomination you're Seems usually to be. see in these yeah. movies and banks? I think so. You know, so. like they're robbing banks and they've always got that. And so now from now Seems on, like it's either like, 50 or a hundred hundred dollars. Well, it's a bills. half bone and yeah. a bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about a Kevin? Oh, a Kevin. Okay. Um, <laughs> a Kevin is uh, how many standard deviations you are off. It's a standard deviation off of the right answer. Okay. <laughs> so that you missed by three. You missed yeah. that by three. Kevins. That's not to make fun of my, my, my friend Kevin McTeague's very smart. He's uh, my, probably my best friend named Kevin, I think. Uh, and so now I feel a little bad because I've made Kevin into. I think but, he'd enjoy it. Yeah, no, he probably wouldn't. But uh, McTeague's a smart guy, great guy, very funny. <laughs> yeah, man. if it was McTeague's, that's an entirely ah, different ranking. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's a different. Yeah, I, I remember. I think that's um, degree of correctness. Yeah, I remember. Like, I think like Kevin McTeague, great guy. Uh, I think his sister, I'm sorry, his brother married someone who did not take the last name McTeague, which is, you know, fine sure. and, of course, like, pretty, You're missing pretty out, standard. Though. You're really missing out. But, like, out. how do you pass on McTeague? It's a good name. Like, if I could, I mean, I would marry Kevin McTeague just to get just to get that yeah. last name. So I never understood that one. It, and it falls so nicely to, like, 20,000 McTeagues under the sea and oh, stuff, you know? Like. Uh, the McTeague is, <laughs> McTeague, I'd have to think harder. That That's, like, uh, just a great rating. <laughs> All right, a couple more for you. Um, the Erverg. The Erverg. Yep. Mm. That is, uh, it's, that's 11 ohms. Okay, nice. <laughs> and a uh, last one, a howl. Ooh, uh, God. I would say a howl feels, you know, I guess my last name's British, I guess. Okay. If it were related to me, it would be like, you know, how many hours, um, you waste on something. I don't know what it would be, <laughs> but uh, no. How old I'm going to say is um, going to be. Uh, I, I don't know, man. What, what would you do for for how? I don't have enough self awareness to come through on this one. Um, what would I do for how? 
I think it would it would have something to do because you're you're excellent at like inventing games, setting up like scavenger hunts, at creating kind of a playground for other people. So I'd have to put it something. Oh, you know, it would be like a. Oh, here's what it would. It'd be a scale of of luck to skill. Oh, okay. And so almost uh-huh. like a pH balance where yes. it's like from seven to minus seven, you put it on the Howell scale, luck being on one side, skill being on the other. And so you're either, you can be plus or negative Howells up to, you know, seven on that. one end, which is pure skill, minus seven on the other end, yeah. which is pure luck. So it'd be like a acidic basic scale, but put yep. seven to seven to negative seven. I love it. Yeah. We're done. Uh, <laughs> that's better than I would have thought of. Good. <laughs> I just couldn't think of one for. I just sure. was well, unwilling. It's tough when it's I was you. unwilling that one's right to get your... into the self examination. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know why. Well, yeah, it's tough when it's you, man. I don't know what I what I do for a Jagodowski. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. One. I, I definitely abbreviate it, but then you start calling them Jags. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, okay, TJ. Yeah, here's the situation. Uh this comes. This one's a stretch. Okay. All right. I'm just going to tell you this one's a stretch. <laughs> this one comes from friend of the podcast, Ben Bass, told me a joke, oh, sure. a joke the other day uh, where he was talking to some children and telling some jokes to children. And, and I like this one where he said, what did the uh, Texas oil man say to the three holes in the ground? I don't know. Well, well, well. All right. So I like that one. And uh, I was having trouble, you know, coming up with ones on wells, although I I did end up with a few. But in any case, um, that made me laugh. And then it made me think of a situation that I had written down a little while ago and never gotten to use. Okay. Which is, I I, I want you to give me three to five random uh, comedic lines from movies. Well, they're not going to be random, but three to five lines from movies or TV shows or uh, really anything but lines that you remember, uh, that you really loved, and that uh, you think kind of reflect in some way or another your comic sensibilities for, for one reason or another. So kind of idios- idiosyncratic lines, if possible, um, mm. that, you know, for you, you, you think back to and say, oh, you know, that one really, really tickled me. I'll give you a couple examples for me if that's helpful while sure. you're thinking. So um, so one, one line that I always just really loved it was my favorite line ever in Seinfeld. Okay. Which was where, uh, God, what was his, uh, George Costanza's dad, Frank Costanza, uh, Jerry Stiller, uh, is, and Jerry Stiller, you could tell sometimes was not quite remembering the lines. Okay. And he was, he was hilarious in that character. I always thought, but he had this, uh, he had this line where he had to translate, uh, where he had met this woman in Korea and gone to visit her parents and they really, uh, it didn't go well, and he could tell. And and he uh, he said the man looked at me and said in Korean like "unadak otaka noi" or whatever he says. And he goes, which meant, and you can just tell he can't quite remember the line, so he says it this way. He goes, which meant, this guy, this is not my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and there was just something about like. Uh, how he delivered that, why that came up, that just really tickled me. And I think it's because I, I do kind of like these things where um, you're falling into a natural or weird line delivery <clears throat> instead of just right off the page. Uh, another one I loved that I just think reflects my dumb comic sensibilities was Leslie Nielsen and some bad TV show he was on one time where he walks into uh, into the door of the evil kind of 
genius who he's up against, who's got his chair turned around in the other direction and thinks it's his uh, girlfriend that's walked in. So he says something kind of suggestive to the girlfriend and he's like, and Leslie Nielsen's like, no, thanks. And he turns around and he goes, who are you? And how did you get in here? And Leslie Nielsen goes, I'm a locksmith and I'm a locksmith. <laughs> so that's the kind of stupid stuff I like. Another one for me. Uh, I loved uh, my favorite villain of all time. We've talked about is, ha- is Hans Gruber uh-huh. in Die Hard. And I really enjoy the line and always say it. Um, Anytime people talk about Die Hard, when when uh, Alan Rickman comes out to the whole party and he's like, sadly, Mr. Takagi will not be joining <laughs> us for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, as you were talking, I can tell you where where my humor started, I guess, or what, what type of sense of humor I used to have and have almost entirely turned against that Great. particular kind. Very and interesting. it definitely used to be Wordplay. My favorite guys would have been Stephen Wright, George Carlin. Um, even as a little kid, remembering hearing like I think it was Groucho who was like, "If I could walk that way, I wouldn't need the talcum powder." You know, like <laughs> right. that wordplay yeah. of I walk my dog around uh, around the building on the ledge because I'm afraid of widths. Um, <laughs> yeah. You hear a fondue, you never hear a fondant. Right. You know, it was it was all of that kind of stuff. And then I think I've gotten kind of more absurd as as I go, like stuff that doesn't doesn't seem like, oh, that's really smart or that's really clever, but more so like that's really weird. Right. Almost anything, if, 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 I don't know if you've seen it, but if people listening have not seen, I think you should leave now. The yeah, yeah. Tim Robinson's. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I thought everything in there was so damn funny. Even just like something simple of like, it's a push, it's a push door mm. and he's going to pull, but he's not going to give up and right. like rips, well, yeah, we just watch it. By the way, I know what those doors are called. Not, I don't even think that door was was one of these, but uh, we have them in our office in New York, and we've been talking about it a bunch lately. There's a name for a door where it is not readily apparent whether mm. you should push or pull it. That's called a Norman door. Is just, that right? So there you go. Now, there you go. You have it. It's I like listen- just like a Kevin is one standard <laughs> deviation off correct. I listened to a thing on design, and maybe it's named after this guy, but he said like you should never have a question as to how a door opens. It's probably Norman. Yeah, because- he says if it's a push door, here's what you do: don't put a handle on it. Right. There's only one thing you can do: push on it. You know, like just don't don't include that. I bet it was the same guy. It might be the it's, same it's dude named for him. Um, so also, as you were talking, you, you did spark something in me of a line that I thought was really, really funny that I'm going to basically get right. But it was in the Larry Sanders show. It was Rip Torn. And Rip Torn's a type of character that right. kind of cracks me up. Okay. So he turns around and I don't think like, I, I, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but there, I think there's a lady there and he turns around and he goes, oh. Christ, I thought I killed her in Korea. <laughs> and there's so much left to like why right. was it part of the war why would you be why would you be shooting you know like ladies it didn't seem like a soldier i so i, I think i'm remembering that correctly right. but that's the type of thing now yeah, just absurd that, yeah it's like what it, that makes me wonder four different things while i'm laughing of like right. you know i'll give you one more for me while Love you, it. and you continue to think um so uh it, it, obviously we've both done a fair amount of improv and uh, what was that movie? Waiting for Guffman was the kind of first. I mean, obviously, Spinal Tap mm. predated, but Waiting for Guffman, right, was kind of the first of that wave of um, uh, of of improvised movies with you know the same uh, Christopher Guest and his crew, like great cast. But my favorite line in any of those movies ever, even though Fred Willard has about fifteen that <laughs> right. I loved in right. Best in Show, <laughs> but my favorite one of all was from Eugene uh, Levy 
or Levy, I don't know which way you pronounce it, but they, uh, they're, you know, he's, he's kind of a cut up a little bit in the, in the theatrical production for waiting for Guffman. And they're like, now you're a funny guy. And he's like, Oh, thanks. And then he's like, were you the class clown growing up? And he goes, no, but I studied him. (laughs) That made me laugh. So, and that was always like, uh, for me, that, that was kind of like how I like to think that I think sometimes in, in improv, right? Is you, (laughs) I mean that that's the sort that you get lucky and hit just every like blue moon right, right. where you you just come up with something that's that's re- reasonable but but also like just it takes a left turn that you wouldn't expect. I, I love that line. I think one other thing that really cracks me up is like when someone has such like a dis- a point of view that is so specific to them that it doesn't right. even need to be like a laugh line but it because it's so them in I believe it's called American Movie with um, Mark and uh, the Mark who was going to make Coven. He was going to, it was a do- basically a documentary about these oh, dudes who wanted okay. to make this movie Coven or Coven. Okay, right. And uh, he told he told his buddy Mike, Mike Shank, I believe, to go out and put like all these other like flyers in the bin where these old flyers had been. And whatever happens, like this dude is changing the boxes over. And so he just takes all the flyers and throws them out. And he's telling his buddy, like, so he took all the flyers and he, he threw them out. He goes, well, what do you mean, man? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And he just goes, made sense to him. <laughs> right. It seemed like a very, like, him kind of thing to say. Love it. Yeah, I think a lot of the best, certainly a lot of the best uh, comedic lines come from that character because that character is so, I mean, one of my favorite, like, stupid lines, it's not even a joke line, it's not supposed to be funny, but, like, I love um, Ted Knight in, in Caddyshack. Yeah. He's, he's so over the top, but, yeah. it's, but it's it's his own style mm-hmm. of over the top, and it probably, you know, it's been copied a million times, And but he, he was just, he kills it as Judge Smales. Yeah. But every moment, he's giving it his all. <laughs> so they have this one thing where they're like, uh, just pick uh, a number of T's and, you know, they won't, they, they got T's in their hand, but they've covered it up. So he doesn't know how many T's are in there. They're like, your honor, it's, uh, your honor, how many, how many T's, even or odd. And even that like moment where he just should have said like odd, you know, that's all it said in the script. He's like, odd. <laughs> just goes so over the top. And I'm like, yeah, goddamn right. Ted Knight just gave it his all every single line in that thing. And that's I mean I guess that's a fine example too of of how like my sense of humor has changed. One I've never liked Chevy Chase. So he never figured in. But then like when I first saw it probably Bill Murray was my favorite mm. and then maybe as I got a little older like Dangerfield and now for sure it's Ted Knight. Right. You know and like so so I've and I don't know if that's a natural progression that you know everyone kind of goes through or 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 you know if, if you've worked a little bit in comedy then you see Things that you didn't, you know, like you didn't see before and you yeah. realize what a good job he's doing being that guy. That's interesting. I, I had a s- similar progression and who knows, it may be a de-evolution, right? But mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it is what it was for me, which was Bill Murray, you know, oh, it's so funny. He's got that ridiculous voice. Yeah. And now I, I kind of, those scenes I, I are not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, then I liked the Chevy Chase role. Uh thought it was absurd and just kind of funny and then and then Dangerfield and then now it's just like I watch Caddyshack for the Ted Knight. Yeah, I'll, I just watch Ted Knight bits now. Yeah. And I never slice, you know, like yeah. of course. He's the best. All right, Rush, here's the situation. We just had some some light stuff. This one this one might get a little heavy cuz guess who's back? Oh, my robot companion? <laughs> he sure is. Oh, excellent. And he's in one of his contemplative moods, my oh, friend. Okay. And uh he's got some he's got some questions for you. 
Yes. So he says, first, Rush, you have said you wish you weighed something different than what you weigh. Why do you want to weigh something different? Oh, I think uh, several reasons. One, I think I would be healthier. Uh, it would help with my blood pressure. It would help with, um, it would help me f- uh, be more athletic. And then I think I would be more attractive as well. Okay. He says, well, if the people who are most important to you, including your life partner, and we'll include a doctor for this, said that you are perfect in body and spirit just as you are, would you believe them and would you still want to change? No, I would not believe them. Okay. <laughs> and yes, I would still want to change. <laughs> and now this is me. You think that people that's just people being nice? Yeah. Or, okay. I mean, I don't think it's like debatable. I mean, look, I I get it. I don't want to, you know, I think like body shaming and all that, that's all real, right? And there are people who, you know, people have different types of bodies that they fit more naturally into. But I I just think it's a medical fact that I would be healthier Mm. if I weighed less and I should weigh less. Um, What if on the attractive side, your life partner or whatever was like, Rush, you're perfect. Wouldn't believe it. Absolutely perfect. You wouldn't. No. Be... Hmm. Would you believe that they believe it? No. No. Okay. Um, would you need someone in a life partner to be a certain shape or size? Nope. Okay. But I mean, I, I think that um, the, it, it might be that I would think um, that they might be more attractive if mm-hmm. they were, had, you know, were a different shape, like if they were too thin or, or too heavy or whatever. But I, I mean, I, I certainly, that wouldn't be a deal breaker and nor would I kind of feel that it was my responsibility or purview or whatever to kind of write them about it. Would you only say like, hey, you're perfect when you felt that they had arrived at that perfect point? No, I, you know, I would try, I don't think I would be like Just passive the aggressive word. <laughs> and all that stuff. I, look, I don't know. I've never had, I've never had an issue with anybody that I dated yeah. where they felt that I was, you know, I've never had an issue like that. Where I said, oh, you know, but you should work out more or something. That was ridiculous. I, w- I would never do that. But yeah. but at the same time, um, if someone said that to me, I-, I think I would be pretty level-headed about it. I mean, I get annoyed. I would say that the people, the only people that really give me a hard time, you know, my doctor is is very polite about it. So he doesn't. But, you know, my dad will sometimes. And I just think he he's looking out for me. Yeah. But I don't like to talk about it, right. you know, at length. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Right. All right. Here's another one from the robot. Yeah. Um, Rush, what percentage of people are pleased with what they weigh? Ooh, uh, 25%. 25%. Well, Rush, why can't people achieve the weight they desire? Uh, that's difficult. I think it's, so I, I don't know. Let, let me come out of character with the robot versus just for a second yeah. ask you do you do you think 25 is way off or what do you I think? might even go lower okay I might um uh, is I I know if I tried to you know go through just random list of people that I know I, I mean I don't know for sure yeah. but the ones that I would immediately be able to recognize or immediately be able to answer for sure are the ones that are unhappy with what they with what they weigh yeah Okay, well, thanks. I didn't mean to short circuit. No, not the, at all. Well, I'm sorry. Now, once again, <laughs> oh, well, you stepped I right did, in it. I went right into there, and <laughs> unfortunately, I I'm, now I feel bad to my robot friend there. Really cranking not, his gears. Oh, sorry about that. Um, 
Just don't blow a fuse. Yeah, let's let's yeah. be aware. Oh, don't, of the use rest of these. don't use them all. Don't use them all in case it comes back. <laughs> uh, why can't people do it? Well, it's hard, right? I mean, I think, I think uh, it's probably unfair. And this is again where I go back to this like kind of body shaming and like you know, oh, you have, like the airbrushing and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Like that all makes sense to me in the in the sense of like we can't make it to where only one percent of people have just the right body. Right. Or okay. look like they're supposed to in you right. know, quotes look. Right. So I think I think maybe um the old cliche, you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, mm-hmm. uh, uh unfortunately is not observed by a lot of people yeah. with respect to like weight and, and body shape, right? Because they're like, well, I'd have to work out, you know, two hours a day and, and eat perfect to like look exactly how I would want to look. Yeah. So, you know, screw it. And I think maybe, um, I mean, it just, it takes like a tremendous amount of uh, willpower. Um, I know, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think, you know, for me trying to lose weight, I I can do it successfully. I know that I can, but it's very hard. It takes a tremendous amount of effort and willpower and it's very easy to allow excuses to get in the way. Like, Oh, I got to think about work. I got to think about uh, this or that. I want to, uh, enjoy the summer while it's here. I want to do this. I want to do yeah. that. Um, and then I think though, for, you know, for people on the other end of the spectrum, it's tough too. Like, you know, obviously eating disorders are a very real thing and it's very hard to, uh, overcome. And, and, and so, you know, I say to my robot friend, my robot companion, I say, you know, it's just, it's very difficult. And I think, um, people probably get too down about it and are too, focused on being perfect and uh allow that to to dis- discourage them from you know taking their best their best efforts but also i think there's another component of it which is people are too hard on themselves mm-hmm. psychologically yeah. and so there is a wide range so f- far more than 25% of people should be yeah you know normatively right should be okay with where they're at weight wise um, but it's just people are hard on themselves. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't view myself as too hard on myself. I'm like, no, you just objectively need to lose weight. But, you know, I could be, there probably been times in my life where I was like, ah, I should still, uh, lose some weight or gain some weight. And I didn't really need to, you know? And, and one thought I had on this as to why it's so hard to achieve is that I think I know for me. And so it must also be for others that once you get there, the goal changes mm-hmm. that, you know, like, okay, I got down to that number. You know what? I I, I really want to be five lighter than this, or right. I want to be this weight, but I want to be more muscle, you know, that right. you find a yep. way to like move the goalpost where you, you, you can't, you won't allow yourself to be pleased or content by, by, you know, putting another kind of like almost false goal in, ahead of you, you know? Again, like, I think perfect. It's the enemy of the good again and again with yeah. that. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, you you see like ter- terrific looking people who are always upset, mm-hmm. you know, with with their looks as well, and their their body and so forth. It's just, uh, you know, that's it, you'd be glad, robot. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I'm you, at the perfect weight, yeah, rush. Right, they, you've been programmed to be at my, to think that I'm at my factory standard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm trying to get back to my factory weight. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, well, always always fun to hang out with the robot. <laughs> yeah, man. He, there's no. We. I just don't ask you about the easy days where he's like, Rush. What's a great, you know, what's a great right. sitcom from the '90s? You know, it's always <laughs> this guy's always hitting you. I like it. He's, you know, he's, he comes at you with the hard ones. I like it. Uh, okay, I'm going to bring back another thing we've done before okay. because we're talking about weight. So it's time to play a little oh, bit no. more Pound of Feathers. Oh no! This is uh, the more I think about Pound of. Here's the situation. I'm going to. You're on a this. game show yep. called Pound of Feathers. Yep. Now I've been thinking that Pound of Feathers probably isn't its whole game show. It's probably more like a side game, like a mini game, or something like The Price the, Is Right. Okay. You yep. know where you'd have like. But anyway, the Pound of Feathers. The way that works, just as a reminder, if you haven't heard this one before, is I'm going to give you three objects mm-hmm. that all you know weigh. Something, well, whatever. It doesn't matter what they weigh. Thanks but, for having me back on, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I like having another bite at the apple yeah, here. Good to have you back on. We're going to give you three challenges this time. Okay. We're going to play three rounds I'm gonna nail of this. Pound of Feathers. But I'm going to give you three items. Yes. And you have to say which one is closest to one pound. Yes. Now, it's not Price is Right rules. You can go over. Okay. So 1.1 pounds is closer than 0.8 pounds. So I'm going to give you three things, uh, and we're going to do three rounds of this. Ready? Yes. First challenge. A Frisbee. Okay. A Rolex Submariner watch. Okay. And an orange. Hmm. Average size orange. Okay. So that's what we got. Frisbee, Rolex, or orange. Which is closest to one pound? Um, bought oranges before. They can be pretty heavy. I'm not going with the Frisbee. Maybe I'm screwing myself right off the bat. I think the Rolex is going to be kind of a... Kind of a, a false lead with the with the metal. I'm gonna go with an orange. Okay, and you think the uh, these are all like a little under or a little over? Uh, I think ev- I think all of those are under. Okay, you are correct that they're all under, but you are incorrect. <clears throat> uh, the closest was frisbee. No, 175 grams. Again, a pound. We're looking about five, 453, I think, grams or so. Rolex was 155 grams. The orange, 140. I went with the lightest. You went with the lightest. You got it exactly backwards. Son of a B. All right. Next up, second round. You, you've scored zero points so far. Yeah. Uh, second round. Can of soda. Okay. 12-ounce can of soda. Yep. That's going to be tough to beat right now. 20 alkaline AA batteries. 20 AA's. Okay. A pack with 20 alkaline AA batteries. That's pretty good. Or a stethoscope. Man, we're... Uh, average size stethoscope. I like all of these, but I'm going to go with the can of soda. Ooh, okay. Um, 185 grams, and by far the the, the worst choice would have been stethoscope. Okay, yeah. Pretty light. Yep. I uh, I actually um, was pretty off on that one. Okay. I thought it would be around this range, and it was, it was not. Can of soda, 350 grams. Very good. Very close to mm-hmm. a pound, uh, basically three quarters of a pound. However, 20 <sighs> alkaline AA batteries is almost dead on one pound, Damn. 460 grams. Every time going into this, I think I'm just going to crush it. Mm, yeah. So, so far, you got zero points. I think it was zero points <sighs> lifetime on Pound of Feathers. <laughs> I believe I do. Looking forward to my next time on the show. Well, here's the last chance <laughs> this round. And you, you never know when it's going to come back. You have to put weight in, or something similar into uh, into the theme for the week. Okay. <laughs> how many Kevins are these things? How many, how many biscuits are I would these say <laughs> Frisbee was two Kevins. You were two off. Of, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. When you guessed orange, that was two, <laughs> two Kevins. Kevins off. Uh, but a can of soda is like a half Kevin. Okay. That was great. not so bad. Um Okay, finally we got a horseshoe. Okay, like a like a that's a over pi- pitching horseshoe. That's over. Uh, an iPhone Seven Plus. Okay, 
without a case. Yep. And a traffic cone. Regulation traffic cone. Traffic cone is pretty heavy. Um, that horseshoe might be lighter than the traffic cone. I don't know about this iPhone. Um, I'm going to go with the traffic cone. Oh, okay. That is like the four worst. Kevins. <laughs> a, tra- <laughs> a traffic cone is in the neighborhood of... Uh, you like know, three pounds. I, I didn't know whether you like. There are the small ones and then the bigger ones. Yeah, I was doing. But you big, could have asked about big rubber megaphone. The smaller one. ones are four and a half pounds. The big one's seven pounds for that thing. Uh, a horseshoe is two and a half pounds, so a pound and a half over. And so, the, actually, the winner is the iPhone, iPhone. Plus, which is only 192 grams, uh, but, but closest, uh, is yeah. closest, even though because the other two are uh, uh, well off. Man, sorry for. Uh, <laughs> thanks get, for playing. I get booed off. Thanks this for show, playing, man. Uh, we allow you into the final round. I don't know why <laughs> oh, you that. shouldn't be allowed, but this is the one where you Pity. name me one thing uh, uh, that you think is as close as possible to one pound. Okay. Um, a sixteen ounce bottle of soda. Nope, not gonna. We can't. <laughs> no, can't do that. But that's fluid ounces, man. That's fluid ounces. I know. I thought you would. I, I thought that might give away where the where the twelve ounce can of, of soda was. All right. A um a a roll of um that prepackaged cookie dough from the from the supermarket. You know, like um like that. Toll house or whatever. Oh yeah, tube of cookie dough. A, a roll or a... yeah, like a tube <sighs> of of. I'm gonna give it to you because it, the two main ones that they come in, uh, just on a quick Google search here, is uh, 16 and a half ounce and 32 ounce. So okay, you know, I was going with the go. 16 and a half. I was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I man. Bet you were. So that would be uh, only off by you know about one sixteenth of a of Kevin. Kevin, right? So you would. You know, I was off it, by a had McTeague. You made it, yeah, that's like a <laughs> you you McTeague that one. You nailed it. So you get like thousand. You get like a thousand bucks. All that. right. Hey. However, you you know when you get zero points, you multiply it by how many points you got in the front round. So unfortunately, your one thousand dollars times yeah. zero is zero. But that's but that's why they let me in the bonus round. Right there. You go. Well that's done. why I gotta say, well done. All right. My uh, my next one rush is is off topic, but it's uh, a listener submitted from uh, my friend George Moriarty, who is another Holyoke kid. So I've known George since grammar school. So we've known each other for probably close to 40 years or something like that. And this is George's. Here's the situation. You are bequeathed sufficient money by an anonymous donor that you'd be able to retire today with just two requirements. One, you must read a minimum of one chapter of a book every 24 hours. Okay. And two, you can only choose one genre of book. What, uh, With those conditions, what genre of book would you choose? Oh, got it. I thought you were going to ask me whether I take the offer. Gotcha. Which I, 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 I probably I, do. I think he only... Yeah, I, I would... I would I would also take that offer. I think I can do that. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. George said in his email, he didn't say wh- uh, why or what, um, for what reason, but he said he was surprised by his own answer. And as I thought about it, I think I was a little bit surprised by my own answer as well, because I don't know if I would choose my actual favorite genre yeah, or I'm, not. I'm in between two. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not going to do like classics, right. even though maybe yep. I should. Because for one thing, so I'm in between two, one of which I think is going to make this easy as possible. And the other one, I think maybe I would enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. So the, the the latter is fantasy. Yep. Where I would, you know, just get these like Brandon Sanderson 
2,000 pagers that yep. have a chapter every And let me ask you, as, as you were thinking about this, did you consider fiction a genre? No. that felt too much too no, general, no, no, right? No, okay, no, yeah. great. Yeah, I'm not going to do fiction or nonfiction. I'm, I'm going to, we're going to take a sub-genre okay, of fiction. Yep. Um, you know, by, by the way, biography would I would consider. That I would was Beth, consider. That was Beth's pick. And it was interesting because she, like, just seeing her bedside table, it's not the most common type of book that she has. Right. But she said she said biography. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would consider that because what I would like about the biography is I could learn something because I hate this idea that I can only read one genre of book you. the I rest of my life. It's terrible. But, you know, if you're like, hey, here's $34 million, uh, I might do it. <laughs> But anyway, You're that, this I, I don't have that choice. I don't have that choice. It doesn't this, matter. I've been I've been put in this spot. I can only have one genre of book. So that's George how said sufficient it. money. Don't turn this into one of your eccentric billionaire things where this yeah. guy just toys with your life by taking all genres of your books away. But but I can't. I can only read this one genre. Yep. Right? Okay. Just one. So then the other the other one that came to mind was, and and biography is roaring into like wow. maybe the lead. But the other one that came to mind is uh the kind of. I guess you'd call it like thriller, but I'm I'm really uh-huh. thinking like kind of the mystery, yep, mystery type thriller, like uh, you know everything from Dan Brown to to the Jack Reacher books, yep, because those chapters are so short, mm-hmm. and usually a strong narrative, and they're easy, mm-hmm. like you can always just pop it out. I mean, I can't remember the last time, and I I don't love those books. I mean. My friend Joe Kelly, he loves the Jack Reacher books. He's always telling me to read them. I read them and I like them, definitely. But but they just have something about them where they're just such an easy read. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm thinking about it from the perspective of it's going to start to feel a little bit like torture. Yep. And so having something that's really uh, short and quick read every day would probably be pretty pretty uh pretty likable yeah the 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 types of book i most often read would be like a mystery suspense usually there's a you know a a murderer of some some uh murderer going on in there somewhere or um fantasy which is sometimes slash sci-fi you know like um but i read a ton of fantasy and also science fiction but sometimes when i if i read three sci-fi fantasy books in a row i i crave uh like a non-fiction or i crave like a realistic fiction something that it's it's just been so much candy that i gotta have like a piece of meat you know at some point i I hear you but i I feel the opposite way too like sometimes i'll get on a biography kick or or a non-fiction kick you know i told you i love that code book for instance excuse me um but it's hard for me to stick with just that yeah, I mean, I'm really going to hate only having one genre of book, but th- those you. are the ones that come to mind. Good, great question, George. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and so I don't know where I'd land. I, I, I think I'd actually finally land, even though it's not, not in the top probably three or four of my favorite genres, is some sort of um, uh, nonfiction, like modern nonfiction, like um, a civil action or in you know uh, into thin air or something like that that felt actual, real tangible so i felt like at least i had hooked myself to something i could you know i i knew was um had some substance to it yeah. and it wasn't just a, you know purely an imagination on another planet another time or whatever yeah uh you may have convinced me that i, I wouldn't do fantasy and would do the thriller mystery type thing i also think some of the most voracious readers i know uh just plow through yeah. mysteries so i think it's in it's it's a 
it's a decent genre for people that read every single day a few chapters. I would like to say I read every day. I don't, but I, I read. A, I don't. I think you probably read a little more than I do, but I try to get through. My my rule of thumb is read twelve books every year. Yep. And then I usually do better than that. I'm. I have all. I always use uh, uh boarding passes for my bookmarks. Oh, nice. And I've been in a like fifteen year battle to try and get rid of all my boarding passes but i'm flying i'm continuing fly to fly way more fly often than, than books i can get through that's great i love it that's a fun challenge okay uh maybe i do one more and then we come back to great. the one from the beginning sounds good all right this is going to start to feel a little bit like torture for you but you're the one that suggested this weight category tj <laughs> yeah. i will say that there we go uh here's the situation <laughs> i want you to rank these fictional crash diets top to bottom in terms of your willingness to do them. Okay. And assume that they all have a book that was written about them in several testimonials. Okay. Even though all of them sound like pretty bad ideas to me. Okay. Okay. The first one is called Week on Wednesdays, W-E-A-K. And that diet is you can't eat from 11 p.m. on Monday until you wake up Thursday morning. Otherwise, eat whatever you want. 11 p.m. Monday. Okay. Yep. You just don't eat Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. So you're week on Wednesday. Uh, the second one's called Chew It to Do It. Okay. <laughs> you can eat whatever you want, just like normal, except you got to chew through 100 pieces of celery a day. Okay. So you burn just enough calories on the celery, and it's an appetite suppressant, but you got to finish 100 pieces of celery every day. Okay. Third one's called Cream to Fit In oh. Your Jeans. Jeez. And it's an all-cream... It's an all-cream diet. Okay. The breakfast is... How many of how many of these There's are four. there so I know which one to put? There's four. Okay, I'm just writing the four yeah, next four. to it now. Great. <laughs> all right. But this is... So this cr- next one's going to be a minimum of three. Yeah. This is cre- cream to fit in your jeans. For breakfast, you, you have to have a bowl of half and a half. Then you have a sensible lunch. Okay. And then dinner is a pint of ice cream. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and then uh, number four is that's a spicy meatball. Okay. You can eat one two-pound spicy meatball per day. Can't have anything else. Drink whatever you want. Oh, my God. Those are your four crash diets. Which one are you most willing to do and least willing to do? For a multitude of Assume reasons. Assume you're going to do about a month. <laughs> For a multitude of reasons. A cream to fit in my jeans is <laughs> absolutely on the bottom. <laughs> Absolutely on the bottom. I, I mean, are you, are you, you're not even going to get past the breakfast oh, bowl of good a half God. and a half. <laughs> good God. I mean, I don't know how anyone could. Like, like even a cat would be like, this is too much. Uh, in, uh, in, uh, in college, we used to do this thing called the 5,000 Calorie Club, where we would make our pledges eat 5,000 oh, calories in one meal. No. And you could either, there were two ways you were allowed to do it. You could either have this sandwich called the Chubner, which was which was a full bacon cheesesteak, which was a very large bacon cheesesteak with a full chicken parm just put in top of it. And then like all these sauces or That's almost three that's almost three biscuits. Yeah, it's three biscuits. <laughs> oh yeah, damn near three biscuits. And uh that was one option. And everyone took the Chubner uh, because the ob- other option was you had to dr- eat uh, eat twelve Krispy Kreme donuts. Ugh. Which isn't so bad, but then you had to chase it down with three pints oh, of half and oh half God, you... to get to the to get to the triple I biscuit. <laughs> I don't, it's not uh, worth to wear some to wear some letters on your sweater. It's not that's that's yeah. rough. Well, we did a lot of stupid things. Oh, so um, next is uh, that's a spi- that's a spicy meatball. Okay, you don't want just the two pound meatball. No, I mean like you get some protein that sure. way, but um, but I'm also not very good with spice. 
Yeah, also, it's like sitting there for a whole day. Yeah. And you're picking at the meatball at various times. And two pounds is an enormous meatball. Kind of gross. So I think, and these and these are actually pretty, pretty, pretty close. Now, one, one, two one and, and two are pretty, oh, one and two are, okay. and two are pretty close. Because I actually don't mind deprivation. So the week on, week on Wednesday is actually not, not un- totally unappealing to okay. me. But I think I would do Chew It to do it because, you know, chewing a, how much celery was it? 100 pieces a day. Man. Then I'm gonna go week on. Uh, I'm gonna go chew it to do it too. Okay. Week on Wednesday is the first. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how it would feel to do that 48 hour ish with yeah. no food, but uh, presumably not great. I mean, cream it, cream it, cream to fit in your jeans or yeah. whatever. That's where. That's like on your list. That's got to be the bottom, right? I don't know that it's actually the bottom because. <laughs> The only thing for me that's horrible there is the uh, remember you get a sensible lunch and then a pint of ice cream for dinner sounds pretty good. So, but that's all for dinner, right? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, like, it's gonna be oh. tough. But that sensible lunch, you know, uh, oh. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm gonna have trouble lunch. taking down that half and half every morning. Like a bowl of half and half seems yeah. really tough to drink to get to a sensible lunch. Yeah. Oh, the glory of a sensible lunch. You get like a turkey sandwich, <laughs> yeah. right? And then. I, I don't know. I might try to do that one. Um, I'm never doing 100 pieces of celery a day. That's going to yeah. turn into straight torture. So that would be yeah, number four for me because okay. I, I think it would. I would just lose my mind. Yeah. I mean, I, you'd either get used to it and it'd be fine or you'd lose your mind. Um. So anyway, I, I think maybe I would have it like... Mm, I, I don't want that spicy meatball. That's <laughs> disgusting and weird. So that's going to be the last one for me. Week on Wednesday, then? Uh, no, I'm probably going to cream in my Honest jeans to, God. to fit my jeans. It's either that or the week on Wednesday. Oh you you do God. the week, and Wednesday, week on Wednesdays and let me know how tough it is. <laughs> yeah. Because if it's not, if it's not yeah. horrific. And you do cream to fit in your jeans and don't tell me because I know how, <laughs> how that will be. All right. We'll each do those for a month and All then right. trade. Uh, <laughs> but the problem is I'm going to gain weight. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you certainly are. <laughs> But there's testimonials that say But all it that sensible lunch of yours will be so yeah. a nice niche salad before I hunker down to my ice cream later tonight. Yeah. About, and only my ice right, cream. About nine PM oh. I'll have uh, have one. All right, Rush, back to the top. Here's the situation. Okay. So wishes are made on coins and thrown in wells or fountains, and these coins are eventually rounded up, probably brought to the bank, and then go back out into circulation. Yes. So you, Rush, are gifted with the ability each time you handle a wished-upon coin to hear the wish in the voice of the person who wished it. Yes. How do you feel, and I'll have some other questions, but how do you feel, first of all, about having that ability? You said gifted, I say cursed. Okay, I yeah, I hear you. So, don't want to hear all these people. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't have to handle the pennies, so mm-hmm. it's, it, as curses go, it's not that bad. I don't, I'm not like required to go grub around no it's just like if hey here's sir here's your change understood and they put one in there it just automatically runs in no your as brain. i'm dropping it into the uh you know <laughs> mcdonald's kids i just hear like uh you know i wish grandma visited oh, more God. Often. yeah or like you know larry mm-hmm. would love me again yep Oof. um would it be easier would you be more interested if instead of hearing the voice of the person the wish basically just printed itself across the coin like a scroll where you could read what the wish was yeah, like popped up like a text message mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably prefer that. Okay. And would you want that or still no, I don't prefer it. it, but still don't want it? No, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't want to know. Let me ask you. Those are private wishes also. I feel weird about it. I don't even want to, you know. Yeah. I don't want to invade on that person's thoughts as they made a wish. What about this rush? 
How would you feel if you were given not just the ability to to um, make the wish known to you? Yeah. But you also simultaneously knew where that person was located in the world, in the state, in the city, and you were granted the means to answer those wishes, to grant Grant those wishes. Yeah, just a genie. You basically would be like a Santa Claus god. So, so any any magic powers or skills that you would be granted for the for the for the fulfilling of that wish could only be used for wishes. You couldn't use any of those skills for yourself or, or anything like that. The only cost to you basically would be the time spent to get to them if let's say they were in Dayton, you know, or so if you were to take that on, how would you, would you just work local? Would you prioritize by size of wish? Because you could give someone a brand new home. I feel like we should home. write this TV show. You could give I mean, someone. Does this feel like a, a TV show that <laughs> yeah. could work? You could have someone's legs grow back. You could, you know, you could give, you could give whoever did a million dollars, yeah. whoever asked for it. Boom, well, boom, I would boom, start boom. with uh, minor wishes. Okay. Because I got to find out if it's a monkey's paw situation. Okay. Right? Because like, you don't want to do the you like. always. <laughs> Well, I'm always, always worried about fearful it. Of the Very, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm given the power to be a genie. I'm, I'm going to be nervous about it. So I'm not going to start with like bring grandma back to mm-hmm. life because we've all seen you know pet cemetery or yeah. something like it. It could go poorly. Yeah. So, uh yeah. But if I had that, I, I think that would be uh, obviously a tremendous thing to be able to do is go around and grant people's wishes. So even if I didn't want to do it, I would feel compelled that I had to do it. And then I think I would, um, I would, I guess I would try to prioritize, um, y- you know, the more important wishes. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of wishes I'm not going to grant, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. You know, I, I don't need to go grant like, hey, make, you know, Julia fall in love with me I to some 11 year old. Yeah. Right. Like Julia's perfectly happy <laughs> and I, I'm not going to go play God and God shouldn't interfere in whether she likes you or doesn't like it. Chad, you know, so Get off the, enough with the wishes, um, and then there's going to be like wishes I just don't agree with. Uh-huh. So there's going to be a lot of moral quandaries <laughs> okay. that come up with this. So this can be frustrating, <laughs> but also kind of fun. And and again, a pretty good TV show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who we're casting as is this genie, but uh, <laughs> we should think about that. If if you touch this, if you touch this penny right now, you'd hear you'd hear me saying, "I hope five million people listen to." Here's the situation. Oh yeah, well I'll grant that one <laughs> and grab that one and take it and go. Uh, Nate Dufort does our uh, production. Julie Nichols did our music. Emily Cardamus did the artwork. We are at Here's the Situation Podcast at gmail.com. If you write us a, uh, a situation, we will do our best to, to, uh, to get it on. And uh, is there anything else, Rush? We're on Instagram and Twitter, right? No, all sounds good. All right. Hope to talk to you next time. <laughs>